Traditional media is failing. Disinformation is flourishing. It's time for a new kind of media. That quote opens the marketing materials for a new startup called the Project for Good Information. It wants to counter the problem of right-wing misinformation and, quote, restore social trust in the media. Recode's Teddy Schleifer has the story. Hi, Teddy. Hey. So the existence of this organization hasn't been reported before. What's going on? So the Project for Good Information is the outgrowth of a lot of energy and money that's been spent by the left over the last few years to try and find a counterweight to sort of conservative media. And what we're reporting here at Recode is there is a new effort afoot. It has not been publicly announced. Um, It's kind of beginning quietly in progressive donor circles to try and build a new media ecosystem. This group called the Project for Good Information, they're seeking $65 million, and they're beginning to talk with some donors about this. And uh, we got a hold uh, of some documents that speak to this new effort. Can you tell me more about who's behind it and what else they've done? Sure. So the founder of this organization is someone named Tara McGowan, who has become a pretty big player in democratic politics over the last few years. Her organization uh, up till now has been called Acronym, which is something that is not a household name. I'm not under any illusions about how closely people follow this stuff, but it is a powerful democratic advocacy group with a super PAC, with a nonprofit arm. Acronym probably is most widely known for its ties to the startup that uh, very infamously bungled the 2020 Democratic Iowa caucuses. But acronym has been controversial. Uh, Tara McGowan, the the operative behind this, is controversial. Uh, I think even her defenders would admit that. But she's someone who believes that conservative media has become a big part of uh, the public discourse and progressives have not countered it sufficiently. So at acronym, um, she's encouraged Democrats to basically fight fire with fire. And as that quote you read at the beginning sort of speaks to, she thinks that traditional media, you know, people like you and me, um, aren't going to be able structurally to do a good enough job at checking this misinformation so that progressives need to build their own thing. So she's out there and she's, you know, definitely become uh, one of the most high profile and persuasive spokespeople for this point of view, that the system is broken. And rather than kind of begging media to do a better job, that we need a new kind of media, as she puts it. So what does that exactly mean? What is the Project for Good Information going to do? Are they going to create a publication or a new platform? What's the plan? Yeah, I'll cop to not having all the details right now. I think these things are still kind of going to trickle out over the next couple of months. But it's a $65 million war chest to do two main things. One is to invest in for-profit media companies. Acronym has been doing this sort of work for the last few years. They started a bunch of newsrooms around the country called Courier Newsroom. And what these are are pop-up publications, uh, digital sites that exist in a few states, generally competitive political states, presidential swing states. And they have sort of these homespun names like Up North News and, you know, these things that make them seem like your local neighbor next door. Courier News, though, has been tagged by the fact that it is tied to a political operation at Acronym. Acronym has been a large owner of this newsroom. So people would say, you know, not totally unfairly, like, how do you know that these newsrooms are objective? You know, you're casting progressive politicians in a favorable light. How can we trust you, basically, that you're giving us straight news, not like, you know, the lefty news? 
there's going to be now a little bit of an arm's length relationship between the political operation at Acronym and this kind of theoretically pro-journalism, pro-social trust organization. So that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is sort of a nonprofit media grants arm, still TBD on what exactly that's going to fund, but that's going to be another half or so of the $65 million pot. So this idea of creating media outlets, what the Courier Newsroom has done in the past, creating outlets that look like real media outlets, that sounds an awful lot like uh, some projects that have gotten the right in trouble. How is the left doing the same thing going to be any more successful or are, are they going in a totally new direction now? That's a great question. I mean, there definitely is some unease in even progressive circles about this direction. Um, you know, this is not your standard journalism play. This is not $65 million by some billionaire to buy a Metro newspaper. It's not to invest it in Havox or BuzzFeed or some kind of venture-backed startup. There are some people who think that fighting fire with fire uh, is the wrong thing for Democrats to do. It's the stooping to the level of, of Breitbart or Fox News. So this is one of the most controversial projects in progressive politics, I think it's fair to say. The reason, though, why you could make the argument that this could succeed is that this market is is largely not served that well right now. I mean, obviously, there have been outwardly progressive news sites in the past, like think of things like Think Progress, which was a big progressive news site. Um, but a lot of the subscribers of your standard uh, New York Times or Washington Post uh, are progressive. And um, there is not a uh, sort of a digital first, especially a digital first outlet focused in local communities that serves that audience. So you definitely can make a case there's a business argument that this could work, though it does have implications for the broader information wars. You know, this is going to get messier, louder, and kind of more cacophonous. And uh, if you believe in traditional newspapers, I don't think you're super excited about this news. I think you would feel that traditional newspapers are the best way to combat misinformation, not more partisan-aligned media. And where is the $65 million supposed to come from? So I think they're just in the beginning stages of, of setting out to raise this. But it would not surprise me in the slightest to see a strong Silicon Valley imprint on this operation. Acronym in the past has raised a lot of money from Silicon Valley big donors. And there is, you know, a kinship sort of between the types of ideas she's talking about here in terms of combating misinformation, digital first news, and a lot of the... Uh, tendencies of Silicon Valley donors who believe that this is how they made their money in technology and we need better technology and better media to counter uh, the disinformation that exists from other media and other technology platforms. Um, so I think there will be a, a lot of Silicon Valley money on this. I do not have any, any leads right now on kind of the big donors behind it. But um, although this organization is not based in San Francisco, it does have a tech flair and trying to use tech to kind of as a counterweight to other tech, which I find interesting. You know, lots of people who are involved with acronym used to be involved with Facebook. And there are people who think that Facebook has erred in some way. So now this is a chance to kind of right that wrong. People at acronym are big critics of Facebook, as lots of progressives are these days. And it's notable to me that acronym has some very uh, prominent former Facebook alums working with the organization. So this is tech fighting tech. Teddy, you did a lot of great reporting during the election about 
tech money helping get Joe Biden elected and trying to get more involved in politics. How do you think that this fits into the mission now that Biden's in the White House and uh, getting rid of Donald Trump isn't the, the number one priority? I think progressives are, are sort of debating that amongst themselves, right? Um, there are some people who over the last four years made a big investment in politics who, you know, Trump's out of office. They saw Trump as an existential threat. You know, mission accomplished, time to move on. There's another class of, of, of Democrats, whether they're donors or operatives, who think the fact that Trump got more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016 and there was not this kind of resounding condemnation of Trumpism, uh, who think that there's more work to be done, right? I certainly think that a lot of the uh, structural causes of Trump's rise still bother lots of leading Silicon Valley people. And I know that sort of when you look at the marketing materials for this new group, the Project for Good Information, they don't believe that, you know, disinformation has gone away with Trump's ouster from the White House. So ultimately, there's going to be more people who are staying in the fight. Is it going to be as many people as there were in October 2020? Probably not. But I think that we're going to start seeing more and more of these kind of second act political startups in the opening months of the Biden presidency. That was Teddy Schleifer. You can read more of his work at Rico.net. Thanks, Teddy. Sure thing. <laughs> 